Today on the podcast, we have a great guest. He's an American-Israeli entrepreneur, spiritual seeker, and has a deep understanding of trauma work, family constellation therapy, and alternative medicine journeys. Svi Sudai. Ooh. How you been, man? I'm good. Yeah? Well, as I was mentioning before, good is all relative. and I'm uh, trying to get to this space where there is no good or bad, and there just is. But when uh, someone asks that question, that's uh, generally where you want to go. Just say good. <laughs> <laughs> just what is. Uh, that's a cool concept. Yeah. Just accepting all of it, right? Yeah, there's... Uh, I uh, stepped in, uh, if you've heard of uh, Gene Keys and my human design, I've gone really deep into those concepts recently. Tell me more about that. Yeah, yeah. And so human design is kind of this guidebook instruction manual to us living more in alignment. It uses uh, astrology, time you were born, dates, and there are five different types of human design that you can be. And within that, you have open and closed centers. And so it's this diagram of your human body and what's open and closed, and there's healthy and unhealthy traits that go within those design patterns. And so there's a manifester, manifesting generator, reflector, projector. And then within, mm. e- within these elements, there are personality traits. There are guide, you know, this is kind of I'm, I'm better at responding or I should answer more within my sacral. I'm more of an emotional uh, kind of person and using those to kind of cultivate a better understanding of who you are. Um, and then within Gene Keys, it's kind of this other layer of within your human design, there's all these channels and gates. And Gene Keys is part of the Tao I Ching, 64 principles. And basically, everyone has a shadow, okay. gift, and then their city, which is this enlightenment to get to this level. And so it's about operating within your healthy of the frequency of your shadow. So let's okay. say your shadow could be Uh, limitation. And then your gift could be bliss. And then your city is harmony. And so it's kind of going through these stages and operating in this frequency. And the reason I brought that up is one of my cities is justice. And it's considered to be one of the more difficult ones to ever reach in that same way of looking at everything as not good or bad and just is, Uh, you know, and those could be extreme things like murder or suicide uh, pedophilia to things that, you know, should be considered good, uh, success or wealth, or, you know, you have family. And so really being on this spectrum where there is no good or bad and there is no right or wrong and operating in that mindset, Mm. which when I read that it became, I'm a Libra and my human design, it's all about balance. That's, that's been my life. And really to operate from that frequency. And it's been difficult. Once, once I stepped into that. Man, it yeah. seems like um, like a huge responsibility. Mm. <sighs> so one of my, uh, in my human design is I, I feel kind of like this immediate gut response. And when you said that, uh, it does. It does feel, I'm also putting a lot of pressure on that, mm. that responsibility of, of knowing and being able to be exposed to what I'm being exposed to with plant medicine to my shamanic practices to, you know, having someone like my mother, like just this whole (laughs) roller coaster (laughs) of things that I've been exposed to and, and doing something with that and using it properly. Um, and not letting, you know, the ego get in the way and, uh, all of those things I've done in constellations and, uh, yeah, 
That's a perfect word for it. I, I think I am maybe putting too much responsibility on that, and it's, it's kind of affected how I've integrated some of these experiences mm. because I'm still in this space where it's just so much, and I'm like, okay, now what do I do with this information? Yeah. Does it feel like it's a natural progression in your journey, or does it feel mm. like you're drinking out of a fire hose? Absolutely natural. Uh, you know, just having a, a spiritual mother who, who you're familiar with and kind one of, my, of... One of my favorite people yeah, in the world, <laughs> Mine too, but she, she paid me to say that before I came on. Uh, you know, to have someone... And, and, you know, my gifts as a teenager were readings with mm. uh, family constellations, you know, since I've been very young. And then there was a point where I definitely rejected not being too spiritual, whatever that means. Yeah. And I always said to my mom, never too far in the sky and never too far off the ground. And that was my way of like okay. trying to, to balance it. And what I've really come to terms with lately is seeing my mom and a lot of her friends, unfortunately, as light workers, as you know, healers struggle financially mm. uh, with, with abundance in, yeah. in the format that I looked at it as money. And who knows if, they were struggling in other areas, you know, to all I know, they could be super happy with what they were making. But the way I saw it was it was a struggle for whatever mm. reason. And I'm really at one point I'm like, OK, well, I can't go that route. And I decided money was the focus, went into the startup world, tech, you know, did very well financially, crypto, like all of this stuff. And then readings with uh, Eric and uh, a couple other people. And it's like you have to embrace this shaman part of yourself. And I'm like, what does that mean? And, you know, I've always had these gifts. I've been able to read people. I've been intuitive. But never did I think I was going to use it or utilize it in, in that kind of framework. And then probably when, when COVID happened, it just became stronger and stronger where it was this world of just money and fast pace and success didn't feel right. And I, I literally think I had everything on paper that I wanted. Besides, you know, relationship and family, those kind of things, I was able to travel the world. I was able to work remotely. I was making a lot of money. I had my own autonomy. And then I'm like, you know what? Sounds like a good idea. I'm just going to leave all of that and have no clue why, what, or what I'm doing next. And um, that slowly came in through, uh, first really kind of started with Alan Watts, if you're familiar, and Ram Dass. And, uh, just, Ram Dass, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Alan Watts, just Buddhism and, and kind of... I was listening to the song on repeat and it was like, your mind is a good servant, but a mad master. And um, mm. that was very profound to me because I can be very much in my mind and just plant medicine found its way. And my mom, you know, did ayahuasca probably 12 plus years ago. I had Eric in my vortex who, who's a shaman. <laughs> yeah. And it was always something I was very attracted to, but something happened where I couldn't do it. Uh, and then I had my mom in my ear. She's like, you can only do it with Eric in Peru. You can't do it with any other shaman, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the, the nice Jewish mother. And uh, so I was always like, okay, well, I can't do it here. And I can't do it here. Yeah. And then finally it happened. And then I went down this. And I didn't even search for it or look for it. Peyote, LSD, uh, ayahuasca, every Tempesquite, uh, energy, oh, wow. like just Every medicine, 5-DMO&T, Changa, Bufo. Um, I did my shaman training in the wow. jungle uh, with the Shipibo, uh, dieted Noya Rao. And all of this has happened in two plus years. 
Um, so yeah, COVID happens, and you're like, I'm done with this. I'm going down the spiritual journey. I don't know if I ever made that choice consciously. It just called you. It just it, it really just seemed like it happened, um, wow. and and everything just unfolded to that. And the things that were coming into my vortex, the people, mm. uh, the the mystical experiences I had channelers coming up to me and giving me messages even to up to like two weeks ago and just nothing I could explain and uh overwhelming in the sense that yes I had this all within me and I was attracting it and I was prepared because I've had this tribe around me you know growing up yeah but by all means I still have no clue what (laughs) (laughs) so doing here so tell me a little bit about what was it like kind of growing up with a mother that was in like such deep healing work already. Like what was that what was that like growing up with that? At the time, you look back and and now that I'm able to really connect the dots and and realize every reading that was a gift to me and at the time you're like, "Oh, you know, my mom gave me another constellation as a gift. Why couldn't I get like a Super Nintendo? You know, I'm dating myself <laughs> or a PlayStation 5, uh, you know, or a trip somewhere and Really never realizing how much that prepared me to handle where I am now yeah. and how beautiful that is. And having people like Eric around and a lot of other her healing friends. I went to Colorado and met a friend when they were going to Mount Shasta in the early 90s. And she's a certified Reiki practitioner since 1994. Wow. And kind of like seeing the OGs lay the work yeah. and, and the roadmap for where we all are now and the awakening that has continued to happen and seeing it become normal, you know, with Instagram and social media and like Mm -hmm. everyone's a healer now to where you're like, (laughs) you got to be careful. But before it was like, you couldn't even say you were doing those things. Um, And so being able to witness that is a beautiful really experience. And and I just have so much love and it's kind of a, you know, I don't like making this comparison, but like being a a witch, you know, back in the day and then like you couldn't really, share your gifts and you have to be careful and people would say you're weird. And now they might still think that, but it's just more accepted. Um, so I think that really prepared me to just be in a a more supportive space now. Um, but kind of where I was going with the struggle that I saw potentially when people were in that space, I thought you couldn't be a healer and provide for yourself. Mm. And so I kind of rejected going deeper into that. Maybe my early twenties, late twenties, And even just about three, four years ago, where now I have no choice, you know, to do it. Uh, Yeah. Do you you see a world where both of it integrates? Like the spiritual side and the business side that it kind of, it comes together? I do. I think I've had to do a lot of uh, rewiring of what it means to be successful and why Mm. we immediately go to money or fame or some of these things, your title to identify with, well, that person's successful. And I think that is part of the struggle because to all my knowing, some of these healers, $50,000 a year is all they need to be happy and successful and healthy and, you know, have their mindset and not be a slave to the system, all these things that we are programmed to believe. And, Mm. you know, this rat race and, working in a cubicle, whatever it is. And that has been a lot of things I've had to let go of, that attachment. Um, but then, funny enough, like a lot of the people coming into my vortex and 
supporting me are saying part of my purpose is to help integrate that and yeah. allow healers and because I have that business world and now combining it with that spiritual world and saying, look, this is how you can market what you're doing without selling out. Uh, you know, this yeah. is how you can do this. And it was funny you brought that up. I, I remember I went, I had this Reiki session and I got this download to uh, get a bunch of web domains and play on words. You've been shaman. Uh, I'm your shaman, all these things. And I remember telling my mom and she's like, well, you got to be careful, you know, how you market yourself and you welcome the right people. And my response to that, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was eight years old. I'm like, if I'm McDonald's, but I'm selling ayahuasca instead of cheeseburgers, you know, things that are going to wake people <laughs> up, then by all means, with the proper motivation and intention, yeah. then it's okay. You know, a yeah. lot of people in the healing world are, they reject money, but yeah. then there's a lot of trauma to that and how they grew up and mm. how they could be abundant. So yeah. it's an it's a interesting world. Of, yeah, the lack. Yeah. The, the lack, the, the kind of the, the deep-seated patterns of lack. In Absolutely. Some of these capacities. And, and, but for, for me, it's almost like you, can't, you almost can't have the profound healing without the lack, right? It's like people that, are, that have gone through these journeys or had these traumatic experiences are usually the ones that are seeking the light. And then they produce you know, guys like us that are like, okay, I can have, I can have balance, right? It's like, I can be a person that's seeking healing and I can be somebody that's also an entrepreneur and successful. And there's not, not necessarily anything wrong with that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? I think within that spectrum, I mean, now it's being very commercialized of like all these CEOs mm -hmm. and the tech, you know, they have their shamans and they're doing ayahuasca and yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah. about, I think ultimately, if you're in the world of providing the healing, of understanding your worth and your value, but your intention and your purpose of why you're doing that as well. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be motivated just by how much money I'm making, but the impact yeah. that I'm making. Yeah, I was watching Billions and, you know, like Bobby Axelrod <laughs> comes out yeah. and he's like doing ayahuasca and I'm like, dude, <laughs> and it's like it's already in Billions yeah. and, you know, these guys are looking at it from that perspective, but... I mean, after, after my first experience, I was like, no wonder, you know what I mean? Like, it's an incredible, it's incredible experience. So tell me, okay, so here, here's the question. <laughs> tell me what was your first experience like with ayahuasca? Yeah. I mean, was the ayahuasca like the gateway to, so, not say gateway yeah, to yeah, no, word, no, but like the yeah, entrance yeah, yeah. to. That, that it was in the <laughs> yeah. sense that that was the one I knew I was going to do. And funny enough, I met uh, a woman when I was in Colombia, her name's Ezri, which actually means help, assistance in Hebrew. Okay. And my grandpa's name was Ezra. So I made all those connections. Of, she was kind of like this angel that was like, okay, go this way. And so I went to Mexico and I actually didn't do it with a shaman. It was just facilitated with like a co-group. Um, everyone had experience. And that was, it wasn't like the typical, you would go and, and have, you know, this big retreat. And basically from there, it was this opening to other stuff was going to happen no matter what, if I was looking for it or not. Uh, okay. and so then I moved to Mexico for a couple months and then peyote became kind of the medicine, which is on the masculine side. And it was with these like really authentic tribes, 70 people outdoors, like crazy music. I mean, oh, just wow. completely different than the ayahuasca experience. What part of Mexico, like Northern Mexico? Uh, it was, in, uh, it was in the coast, uh, Playa de Carmen. Yeah. Really? It, was, it was South of uh, Playa de Carmen and these tribes came down and hosted the ceremonies there. Wow. Um, it was called the 
Wachichuma tribe. Okay. And uh, they did this like crazy crystal extraction of energy, um, you know, and, and it was beautiful experience uh, from that. Mm. And I think I did about three to five times of, in, in the peyote setting. And then kind of, again, like something else would show itself. And she was a medicine woman. The, the woman, Esri, uh, did Bufo, Changa. Okay. Which is the five DMO, uh, DMT uh, kind of DMT experience, yeah. uh, which is like short, quick, boom, like super like 15, intense. 20 minutes. You're like yeah. in it. You're gone. Uh, yeah. SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> you're choo. And then, and then you come back and, or do you? I don't know. Um, from there. And then, yeah, it, it just showed itself again. And then okay. I had this like, I'm sure you're familiar too. Like there's all these other medicines and psilocybin, mushrooms. Yeah. MDMA, ketamine, right, that are being more commercialized in a way that uh, it's being adopted by the masses and yeah. it's being facilitated by uh, uh, therapists and, you know, yeah. they're using this, this medicine and then doing integration with that. Yeah. And so I had experiences with those all really? combined and wow. well Jeez. where, you know, I uh, had these crazy 15 grams of mushrooms and on top of waterfall in Costa Rica oh, down wow. to, you know, microdosing. And experience that wave. And honestly, I can tell you this. I, in college, barely ever drank, didn't smoke marijuana. It wasn't so much that I wasn't open to any of those things. It was a control thing for me. Mm. It was a surrender thing for me. I always kind of wanted to know where I was at. I didn't want to have to worry about anyone else taking care of me. I never put anything up my nose. Um, And then someone made a joke, oh, you put hape. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, but that's a plant medicine. So it was funny because I had this kind of battle of like plant medicine and then some of the other ones like LSD or mushrooms and not considering them kind of in the same game, Mm. but realizing that all of those things, the intention, the purity behind why you were doing it changed everything. Yeah, rather than, you know, doing LSD and listening to a, you know, Pink Floyd album, you're you're actually doing healing work, yes. right, in some capacity. Exactly. So you said something interesting which was there was, you know, like masculine and feminine, right? You said um ayahuasca is more feminine, right? Mm-hmm. And then um you said peyote's more masculine. Tell me more about that because <laughs> I know ayahuasca is 100% feminine. Yeah. I I met the lady <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you're like, "Hey, you're a lady. <laughs> yeah. So there are also these deities in a sense that I've read where don't assign masculine or feminine to it. So it, it's just one of those things. I do feel like the experience itself feels the masculine in the sense that you're more grounded. You're not mm. like sent off. Like in parody, you're very much still aware of where you are. Okay. It's not necessarily like you can still walk. You can still move. You can dance. You can go to the fire, okay. right? So you're in this state where you're not like spaceshiped off but in ayahuasca it feels and why i think at least from a feminine perspective is you're just more letting loose more creative more kind of like out there anything can come in exactly and that is you know whether we like to say or not in the feminine energy (laughs) yeah absolutely operating out of that yeah absolutely Um, so that is what those experiences felt like in the sense that like ayahuasca you have no clue where you are you know what you're seeing it takes a lot of time to integrate after but in these experiences like peyote or wachuma and these masculine you can just be very intentional it can Mm. be very meditative you can have your eyes open you can see around you right ayahuasca like you just boom so you're here so like the the math let's let me put it in kind of simple terms it's like so 
you would say that in the feminine type of experiences, you're more transported somewhere. 100%, yeah. Almost like a death and a rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, would probably be uh, appropriate. Yeah. And then in a masculine, it's more here grounded. Yeah. And you're experiencing it, you know. And, and there could person. be visuals that and, you know, psychedelic experiences, but you're still very much like, I know where I am. I'm yeah. still in my body. I'm not necessarily like seeing in the way, but I've had experiences, some on those too, where it has been that. And that's where I go into, it's like, what is the intention behind it? Mm. And masculine or feminine, it doesn't matter. You're going to yeah. get that experience. Yeah. The set and setting is so important yes. for it. It's, you know, it's like, I, to me, I've never been a, you know, um, an experimenter, you know, I was in the military for eight years. I was like, I, you know, I was very much party hardy and then, you know, go into the military. So I was very straight edge for many years. Um, I mean, I drank and smoked, but not, you know, marijuana or anything mm-hmm. illegal because I was in the military, you know, but, um, my first experience with ayahuasca was like recent and I, it was like a healing thing, you mm-hmm. know, it was like very much about, about going through a healing process and the set and setting is so important. Yeah. It's like setting up with, you know, the right, doing the dieta, you know, doing the, you know, putting, setting your intentions, like going and, and, and going from a place of respect. You know, there was the, the, in the first, and my first experience, um, you know, the shaman was sitting there and he was talking about, you know, it's like somebody was joking around. It's like, Pap, Pachamama is going to, going to get you, man. Like you got to respect dude, because you're going to have a difficult experience. And I was like, I usually, when I get nervous, I, you know, I'll like say jokes and, you know, kind of lighten the, I'm like, Whoop. <laughs> I just shut up, dude, and I went through my, and it was a really ex- incredible experience, like life changing. And the second one was even crazier. And then I was like, okay, I'm good for a while to 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 understand, like I'm I'm okay here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like I, I, it's really interesting that you say, you know that that uh, that ayahuasca is feminine because it 100 percent feels that way. It's yeah. like you meet when you meet Pachamama. He's like, that's a lady. That's the lady from Moana. You know the island, yeah, the yeah, Moana. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I know you've got niece, yeah, yeah. like niece, and, or nephew. You got a yeah, nephew. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've seen the you've seen the the mountain. You know, Moana or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the entity that I met. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or they say else. you know like the avatar, the the tree of life, yeah, kind of like exactly. that deity and, yeah. and the female and look, everyone's going to have their opinion and on what it is, but if we are yeah. all in agreement in a sense of like the creator is feminine, mother earth, right? The way yeah. we use the yeah. feminine energy, that is in essence what you're doing when, when ayahuasca comes into play. The, the, the cool thing that happens is like, no matter how you color the story, it's the same story over and over again, many iterations. And some people call it, you know, God and some people call it Allah and somebody call it Mother, you know, Mother Earth and somebody call it what like whatever that iteration of it is. These there's these themes that happen over and over again, which is which is really interesting to look at it from that perspective. Yeah, you know? no, I mean in in religion and and yeah. if you look, like they're saying uh, many of the gods they drink from this cup or they take this yeah. sacred medicine and if that's ayahuasca or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. right? And they don't allow it to the yeah. masses and. That is, in essence, like what is happening in, in kind of this awakening of it being mm. more accepted, but yeah. also just more out there. And I think what happened, everyone's, again, intention is big on what we're going into these experiences for, but it's more so, at least what I've been seeing, is like the integration after. Uh, and it, you can go into these experiences and your whole what the way I like to explain it, and, and maybe you can explain it this way too, is when you go in, the best time to go skiing is 
when there's fresh powder, right? You want the freshest snow. And so these, when we do any of these plant medicines or any of these medicines, it's not necessarily from plant, you're putting new snow yeah. on your neural pathways. And now you're starting to create your own paths, your own little networks and ski ways from all this programming and all of, you know, from media to our parents, to our lineage, like all these things where you're like, now I get to actually have sovereignty and choice and I get to decide oh, I do really like this and I didn't just do this because my parents told me or if it's a career or whatever it is. And that can be very overwhelming for many because many, and it's not, I'm not saying this is a good or bad thing, don't know how to choose for themselves because they've never really been in that space where they can make a choice for themselves. So um, I've been really interested in the idea of systemic momentum. You know, like the, <clears throat> like when you see sardines in the water, right? It's like if you're one of the sardines, you're just kind of in the, you're going with the flow. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, you know who David Bohm is? Mm-mm. So David Bohm was, you know, this physicist. And he, uh, so Einstein called David Bohm his long lost, uh, like, spiritual son. And he was a physicist that went to India and, like, studied spirituality, but he was a pariah in the scientific community. But one of the ideas that he had is that um, I'm, I'm an idiot, so I'm not going to explain this correctly. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, the idea is that, do you know the double slit experiment? You know, like when in, in quantum physics, um, they, they put, shoot these protons through, the, these photons, excuse me, through um, this slit. And when they observe it, it follows this pattern, right? And when you don't observe it, it goes all over the place, right? So it's talks about, you know, how in quantum physics, things can be both, Mm -hmm. right? They can be in a superposition. So what he theorized is that there's these grooves that happen, like these patterns. And when you were talking about the snow, it was really interesting. It's like when you see a snow, a mountain that has been, you know, gone down a million times and then new new powder comes down, you know, snow comes down, you have like this new pathway, right? And it's fresh snow. That's what brought that to the idea. And so... A lot of, I think that a lot of our behavior is these ruts that we get into, like these ruts that we fall into. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost this systemic momentum that happens when we're going about life. It's like, sometimes I don't remember dropping my kids off at school. It just happens. Yeah. I just turn, I'm like, all right, uh, on autopilot. autopilot. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, boom, I drop them off. I'm like, did I drop off my kids at school? I'm like, yeah, they're not here, obviously, yeah. and it's it's a Tuesday, yeah. so you know there's schools, and so it, it creates this systemic momentum. And what I think that in, in in especially in constellation work is that we break those systemic a lot patterns, of right? Yeah, from the and lineage the, side, and and if if you're not careful, that pattern will pull you back into it if you don't if you don't heal it or outgrow Absolutely. it, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's been uh, I've. I've home back home now two weeks after just a crazy year of traveling and and relationship and even in that energy of all the healing work that i've done um it's just been ramdas says it's like you think you're enlightened until you spend a few days with your family and you, you go through these all of this work all of these shadow work all of uncovering all these layers uh constellations loving your parents honoring them wherever they are and then you're seeing those same things that i think they still see you a lot of the times as when you were a teenager right and Mm -hmm. it because they were so used to those 
things. I, I know my parents, they call me the wrong name 15 times. They're calling me my <laughs> nephew's name. They're calling yeah. me my, my brother yeah. before they even get to my name. And I think that just comes from, it's just like this redundancy or these patterns. And unless we're aware of them, unless we understand where they're coming from, you know, the, the adage of like, I don't want to be like my parents. And you just, that's what you see. That's yeah. what you are. And it's not good, bad, or anything. It's just about yeah. being aware of what serves me and what doesn't. And, you know, what are the things that I want to become and how do I want to approach it? And it's not because my parents, they did the best they could with what they knew. Mm -hmm. And how can I shift that paradigm? Yeah, that's, um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm really interested in this is like, um, in this conversation, it's like this part particularly because it's, I, I always equate it to like a, a play that's happening, right? Everybody has their role. Everybody has their script. It's gone through a million times. And if you don't play your part, creates like dissonance right mm -hmm. it creates like everyone forgets their line everybody's <laughs> like whoa they yeah. i i usually do this and that person does this and the play didn't happen so when you don't resolve the song you're like you kind of pop out of it you know it's like you're able to see the pattern for what it is and like man that's such a powerful thing than just to, to like to be aware of the pattern and i think what happens with psychedelics is that it creates an awareness to be able to see the pattern, yeah. you know? <laughs> and to be honest, I mean, the awareness, as beautiful as it is, can be overwhelming and daunting yeah. because it's like now you are playing everything together and you're connecting the dots and you're seeing why I did this and why they did this. And you have to have compassion for yourself mm -hmm. also because you blame yourself. Oh, you know, I see things that I did when I was younger or how I reacted to my parents or all of these things that I look now and say, okay, now I know why I did it, but it didn't mean that I liked that I did it. And yeah. so I think that's been challenging for me is just to like understand that I can have empathy for myself, that I didn't know these things back then. And I didn't do, I did it, you know, subconsciously or because of other things. And then now realizing, okay, now that I know this information, it's my responsibility not to do it again yeah. and not to do it that way. And then when I slip up, I'm like, all right, you know, go back to the drawing board and figure out why. Yeah. Somebody told me something that was, that was really, really powerful. It was like, try to carry things lightly. It's like, don't carry it like this. Like your, you know, your fist is your white knuckling life. Just carry it like you're carrying an egg. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if you're able to carry things like you carry an egg, you have the flexibility of, you know, movement and not being so rigid, you know. And, and I think, you know, I've one of my a really good friend of mine, you know, started doing ketamine treatments. And yep. he's more, you know, a little bit more rigid in his ways, but, you know, a veteran and, and you know, PTSD. Yeah, they're doing a lot for Yeah, a lot of veterans are doing, doing it for PTSD. And it's like it creates this pause almost. In the patterns, like, okay, you can start looking at it from a different perspective. And it's really powerful, man, yeah. to just be, be aware of it. And, you know, when, when I say responsibility, it's like your ability to respond appropriately. Mm. You know, it's like, your, what's your responsibility? It's like, how can I respond to this right-sizing it and not falling into an old pattern that has things that don't belong there? You know? Exactly. And it, it's not healthy to, to react like that anymore, to yeah. respond. And mm -hmm. you know where you're going to go if you do get in that energy. And yeah, yeah I, I've always been kind of this advocate in a way. Like now everyone's like, oh, well, you're either on the plant medicine or you're not. Or, or yeah. you know, these psychedelics. And anyone who isn't, I'm, you can get to these places through meditation. Yeah. You can get to them through breath work, mm -hmm. yoga, uh, you know, human design, Absolutely. astrology. It's it's what you feel resonates deeply inside of you to 
like you said, that awareness, that mindfulness mm. to get to a place where you're like, okay, I see, I can connect. This is the play. I'm watching it. I'm seeing it before, right? I'm stepping in five steps before it gets there and predicting that this is what's going to happen if it does happen that way and taking that pause, like you said, and, and that's mindfulness, awareness yeah. of saying, all right, do I want it to go this way? Am I okay with it? The patterns I have in my relationships, or I see that, you know, in my partners or my kids, or do I want to take responsibility and say, look, I have the tools, I'm doing the work. Do I want to approach it differently this time? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do I want to approach it differently? That's, that, that has a lot of, a lot in it, you know? Yeah. And your ability to be able to hold yourself responsible for that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, you know, I, I've been, you know, we sort of, I, my mom started with Constellation Work like 13 years ago, you know, and then I was like, oh, my mom's in a cult now, you know, it's like, <laughs> she's a crazy person. And mm-hmm. then my sister did, and she's like, oh, she's in, you know, Children of the Sun or whatever, we're going to go to <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid, <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like, this young idiot in the military, and I was like, oh, these people are crazy. But then I started seeing it, and I was like, okay, I'm a pretty technical guy, right? I'm, I'm like, I was a jet engine mechanic in yeah. the Air Force, like, that's, I'm, I'm, te- I'm an IT guy, right? I run an IT mm-hmm. company. And so I'm pretty technical, and I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, none of the shit makes sense. This is crazy shit. You guys are in a cult. This is crazy. And then it wasn't until, and I was like, okay, Constellation. I started representing, I represented somebody. It was like, okay, this is a thing, right? But I don't, can't explain it. I got possessed by Jesus or whatever. You know, like, I got the spirit in me. And I was like, I can't, under, I don't understand what's happening. And it wasn't until, you know who Rupert Sheldrake is, right? Uh, no. So he's, um, he's a British biologist. Mm-hmm. That create that uh, discovered this this theory, and it's called the theory of morphic resonance. And 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 the theory of morphic resonance says that it's like things from the same place of origin have a, a field that connect them, right, in some capacity. And so it's like that's how sardines can move without bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. That's why you can see swallows or like birds. You know, you see those in like if you're in Texas yeah, or in yeah. the south, you know, flying around and they don't bump into each other. They they're creating a field. And that that field has intelligence, and that can explain. And so Rupert Sheldrake and Bert Hellinger were friends mm. because Bert would say that Rupert's theory of morphic resonance explained why family constellations worked. Mm. So I was like, "This is yeah. the thing," and I was like, "Okay, this is the thing that works," you know. So I was like, "Okay, I could technically explain what constellations was." So I look like it was like there's this thing. Could you? <laughs> yeah. I still can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I felt pretty no, good about no, myself. No, I was yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, Energy, I was like, yeah, yeah I'm like pretty good at myself. Like, there's uh-huh. like science here, not yeah. the woo woo, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, crystals yeah. and the thing. And I was like, uh-huh. all right, so this is a thing here. But then I did ayahuasca. I'm like, it's, it's out the window, dude. Yeah. I was like, all this stuff's out the window, man. You're in a different, yeah. you know, like, different So I call dimension. it the, the, the woo scale, and you just <laughs> explained it perfectly. So it's like super woo. Yeah. You're like crystal for everything, you know, yep. have your sage and all of that. And then it's like you're completely, you know, on the other side, woo adjacent, where like if I can't say one plus one is two, yeah. then nothing makes sense to me. And if it's not, you know, proven like this, then it, it doesn't work. And yeah always having this kind of like to your point this flow of holding on to where it's never too woo and it's never like i don't believe in anything and yeah constellations i mean i still 17 years now i've participated and and you know had my own been in a bunch of others and to this past one i did uh two weeks ago three weeks ago where i did my own and everyone uh eric blindfolded everyone and you know this like whole new approach of the way I approach it and like, because even in constellations, you, you 
it's it's still hard to maybe let go fully of where like yeah. you think you need to do right once yep. you hear someone's story or you know what role you're playing and you're still like well i gotta do this or i gotta be there or i gotta act this way and you're still letting the brain at work not as much because you still feel things that you can't explain yeah. when you get into maybe a plant medicine kind of perspective where you're just like you have oh. no motor like yeah. nothing it's at all 10 yeah. nine, and so there's eight, actually <laughs> there, I, i've seen uh there's people doing constellations i actually facilitated one where i i held a psilocybin ceremony and it turned into oh, a family really? constellation uh with three brothers and and a cousin which was fascinating Holy um, crap. and of course i had all the tools to do it which i didn't expect it because i normally psilocybin you put on the mask you go into your space and they ended up taking it off and interacting and then i did all this rec- reconciliation between the brothers oh, and the wow. the half brother and it was beautiful um oh yeah it was gosh. and to incorporate wow. all of that together and and seeing it from both perspectives you know to your point oh of like that's awesome. energy mixed Jeez. you know with with the plant medicine and, and that was beautiful so do you think what happened was like the barriers went down or like absolutely own... yeah yeah like their own mm. because the and it was wow. such a funny dynamic too and when i say funny synchronistic as the younger brother was just did ayahuasca he got the other brothers military they were all in the military to fly down he orchestrated everyone he's like i tasted the medicine i'm having everyone do this so they started with psilocybin and he uh you know had me facilitate for them and so there were two people who've never done you know any kind of plant medicine as well and that was their introduction and then the synchronicity of the younger brother helping the older brother and the older brother helping the younger brother and like all of this like tension they had Mm. as like being brothers and then how that like all dissipated and like just the love that they had for each other you know in that state when there was like no baggage carried from you know being brothers for the past however many years yeah so and i have an older brother and there was a lot of these things that we we've had before and and just seeing that was like all right there's no other explanation, you know, why I'm here to, wow. to do this. And that was, that was awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a pretty cool perspective to say, kind of integrate plant medicine with constellation. Yeah. And look at it from that perspective. I mean, and- it was just seeing that. And, and again, I, there's so much beautiful opportunities and constellations, but when mm. people get in their head, then sometimes you're losing some of that essence. And, and to me, that is the art of plant medicine is to get out of the mind and feel. And so speaking of my constellation, when everyone put the blindfold on, uh, Eric specifically knows the way I operate. And he's like, you're trying to figure everything out. So <laughs> yeah. put the blindfold on everyone and just yep. let, and just to see how everything was still divine and how yeah. people ended up in the place that they needed to end up and how that connected was just like, you just know words and yeah. you know, those are the same kind of experiences. I think when you can explain something is when it actually ends up being the most profound. Yeah. And when you're like, I have no clue what just happened, but it happened. And you <laughs> yeah. know, I know it moved and I know something came out of that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that always blows me away when somebody either does it blind or they do it with a pieces of paper. The you papers. Know, like the, yeah. The papers. I was, I was it's Hitler insane. in a constellation with a piece really? of paper and a group of 60 people. How was that? How was that? <laughs> like, especially given, I know your family's yeah, history, yeah. but like given that, what was that experience like? Uh, that's a whole podcast we can do on that. But, um, I think why it was even more impactful than it was was because it was such a big group um it was mm. like 55 people it was like uh i think her name was corolla she came from like costa rica and eric corolla was Castillo? there yeah Cor- yeah, yeah, yeah corolla yeah, yeah. was on on the oh, podcast awesome yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. It, that we did it and it was like west palm beach and okay it was a huge group 
And everyone, and this is the first time I think I ever saw the paper thing too. And so everyone puts the paper, everyone's doing their thing. Someone's, you know, hugging a tree, someone's uh, laughing, someone's crying. And I'm just sitting there marching, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Spoiler alert, you know, before we know. Yeah. And and, and I'm I'm just marching. I'm, I'm not moving, stoic. Everyone starts revealing their paper. Someone's cancer, someone's, uh, you know, happy, someone's son, and everyone's getting revealed. And so everyone's looking at me. I'm the last one. I'm still oh, marching while they're wow. still all being, because they were like, still stay in your energy until we reveal what you are. And so my turn, and I pull it out, I open it, and it's like, Hitler. Um, and as you know, I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm my mom's first generation Holocaust survivor, my Grandparents are Holocaust survivors. And I always had this like tricky relationship with the Holocaust and, and Germany and German. And like my mom used to be very like, okay, you can't even drive a German car, yeah, right? Like yeah. all these things because that's what she was taught. And as my mom opened up and did consolations and all these things, she realized, you know, forgiveness and all this. Mm. And so what I ended up taking out of it and I still even more profound now as I've gotten more deep into the medicines is the responsibility that I have in the sense of looking at Hitler, anyone who had that kind of audience and could use his powers for good or bad and chose from pain and hurt, right. And to, to reject and all of these things to do it and the way he, what he did with it, as opposed to how much, you know, could have been Jesus, right? Mm, yeah, and and could yeah. have used that and, and that platform and just witnessing that spectrum. And at the time I was I was younger and I could this word manipulation could be negative and positive, right? This good or bad. But if you use that in a way where like it's from light and it's from doing you want to do good with it like if you're like hey everyone follow me and you know you're taking them to you're saving them from a fire that's much better than you know taking them into the fire so uh that was still what i'm integrating from like the ego perspective uh what to do with power what to do with fame whatever it is you know that's still yet to come my way um but yeah that's um (laughs) Man, that, I'm I'm really really interested in the dynamic of the victim and the perpetrator. Mm. Like that's one of my one like one of the things that I'm most interested in it when it comes to constellations. And um, Carl Jung said that um, Adolf Hitler was the voice of the collective subconscious of 78 million Germans. Mm. It's like through and and this is why I'm so interested in this stuff is like through the collective victimization of the German people after World War One created the largest perpetratorship mm. that that we've seen you know yeah. what I mean some of the mo- most you know largest atrocities and so it's like you know I I did some I was something similar I was like um, I, I was wearing black I was at a constellation at Michelle's house right and I was requ- I was asked to I was picked to represent a perpetrator. I had like black jeans on and a black t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And so um, we curse on this podcast. So I'll just be blunt <laughs> about it. But some, so the, you know, the victim was, you know, the, the representative for the victim was standing in front of me and I was the representative of the perpetrator. It was like somebody that had been like ethnically, like an ethnic minority in Russia mm-hmm. that had been perpetrated against for, you know, many generations. And the victim was looking at me like, how could you, you know what I mean? Like th- just this profound judgment of like indignant, you know, you're like, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? And my 
reaction as a representative was like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're, we're the same. You need me as much as I need you. Mm. And like this, it's like it really gave me perspective about the balance different of lens. like yeah. the different lens of the victim and the perpetrator and I was like oh shit you know I was like this is pretty intense and so I represented a perpetrator in like three different constellations so there was like another woman that was brought in for another you know kind of victimization situation and then one for Venezuela I'm Venezuelan mm-hmm. I, was, I was born and raised in Venezuela yeah. and then a woman that was brought in for Venezuela and it's like you, you and what happened in politics in Venezuela is like it was every there was a victimization like of the of the populace right there was there was obviously something un- underlining but there was like a victimization that was used to create perpetratorship and to and, create the fear and to create the control yeah yeah and that's like you know so when, when I'm looking at stuff is like oh so through victimization you can justify perpetratorship with righteousness. It's like having that balance and carrying those things lightly. You don't have the judgment that will entangle you, entangle you in that system. And no coincidence that leads back to the, the beginning, what we started of like this justice. There's no good. There's mm-hmm. no bad. And the more is, yeah. we glamorize either side, the hero or the villain, we are creating an energy, uh, an attachment yeah. to what that looks like. And right. And so now what do you see in media and billions like this anti hero of like all these shows of like who is good and who is bad? Like I like Axelrod. I like, (laughs) you know, him. and like and you're like, well, are what is what they're doing really that bad? Or is what the other guy, what's it, Galdafini on, on, you know, is what um, he's doing that bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like they're doing the same thing, but to get what they want. And one thinks they're doing it for good. But look how much bad if you want to call it that they yeah. have to do to get their way and the other one's like i just want to make money and you know it, it, it's just so i mean let's take that to a grander scale yeah. away from tv but like politics now and you know the way we do things it's like yeah. and i think a big thing too in the constellations world and where you're from and why that's plays such a, a big part of like your homeland and all of the things that went on and like how yeah. we get to that to this point and that so I was at Burning Man this past year, the, the Rogue Burn, and we did a, a talk on existential, existential risk. And we talked about how, like, one of the big issues is everyone thinks they're doing what's best for their tribe. And let's mm-hmm. start with your family, like the people closest to you of everything you would do to protect yeah. them. And let's, you know, take that to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. So now we're going to prime ministers and presidents. And they're so focused on potentially doing what's good for their people that they're not understanding that it's the collective. You know, they're not understanding that we're all one and we're just going to do what's best for our survival. (laughs) And if everyone is operating out of that mindset, then what happens is the greed, the corruption, you know, a lot of these decisions that are based on what I'm going to do best for me as opposed to what's best for everyone. And then it just extends further and further to it kind of what's going on right now in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so interested in, in finding a way to deal with unresolved trauma and mass. Mm. It's like, how do we address this? Put ayahuasca or peyote in the water. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's what I'm, yeah. <laughs> we can get away with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the, the thing. It's like, I don't know how to... Just because I have this kind of this thought is like if I go into a community, let's say an underprivileged community, right, or a community that that has these these deep seated patterns of victim and perpetrator, right, 
It's like, how many people does it take in the community to be able to train to do family constellations? It's like, and, and to be able to turn the, the community around. It's like, they, they have, like I, I'm, I suspect that there's a math in this. You know what <laughs> that, I mean? That's like, your engineering brain. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I, th- I suspect that there's a math in this. So it's yeah. like, okay, if you can take, you know, let's say 15 people is the magic number. 15 women is the magic number, right? Because 15 women have, on average, like six people in their family. And those six people have, you know, six other people that they, you know, Kev- six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It's like, what? And then that, like, just shifts the, the, that, that systemic momentum in the community is like what would it look like 20 years later in terms we're healing of the past, the present, and exactly. the future. Yeah, exactly. It. So I'm like, how do we scale this to do – because I think you know, Family Constellation, Ayahuasca, healing work is at where yoga was 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It's like – Yoga was weird and, you know, like the, you know, grass eaters or whatever, like doing, you know, <laughs> wheatgrass shots and yeah, yeah, like yeah. everybody would judge them and be like, oh, yogis. And now it's mainstream. Yeah. Like everybody does yoga. Everybody does breathing work and doing the techniques. So the, the, the pendulum swinging towards that and there's not really kind of a backlash. to it. There's nothing wrong with doing breathing and stretching. Like mm-hmm. it's the most low impact thing that you can do in the world. There's nothing wrong yeah, with it, and you know, have that same adoption for trauma work. Right? Yeah. yeah. And have that same adoption for trauma work. Yeah. So. That that's kind of the question that I've been, you know, I, I, you know who Jordan Peterson is? Mm-hmm. I asked Jordan Peterson, I went to his talk in, in Miami and, you know, he, like, he's a, you know, like a big Russian literature, like the, 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 you know, the, the Russian stories of drama, life is suffering, you know, Dostoevsky and, you know, those, those kind of guys. Right. And it's like, if you believe life is suffering, your life is going to suffer. Right. It's like, you know, the Gulag Archipelago, those types mm-hmm. of things. But I'm like, I think he misses a point. And I'm like, the, the point that I think that he misses is like, you, if you integrate and not judge the perpetrator and heal that, you don't have to participate in the pattern anymore. Agreed. It's like, yeah. that's like, and so I asked him this question. I'm like, you know, I, I said the, you know, my, my line of the 78 million Germans and the mm-hmm. Carl Jung, because he's a big Carl Jung guy. And he like kind of didn't answer my question. And I'm like, the, the elephant in the room is the trauma. Deal with the trauma so we don't have to necessarily repeat the pattern. Yeah, I think right now, I think there also is this wave, too, of, like, everyone is potentially maybe playing the victim more instead of taking the responsibility. And it's not something I say lightly or, or, you know, I, I I can't say to many, but of people not taking responsibility and words that are being thrown around and, like, mainstream media narcissism and gaslighting yeah. and then mm-hmm. what's happening is you're still dissolve you're you're absolving that responsibility for yourself and then you're like well i was manipulator i was yeah. gaslit and all these things and then it's like now you're looking for a reason why you went through what you went through and if it was abuse or if it was trauma yeah. and look all those things are real and it's up to us as individuals to like understand that but if we're doing that work yeah. of saying okay what is that what what role did i play in that as well and what did I like about that situation? And how did I feel? Yeah. And did I was I in a space where I was should even be in a relationship right now? What kind of relationship yeah. do I have with myself? And those things I don't think are unfortunately because we want to. It's it's harder to do that. It's harder to take it's responsibility, harder to take right? Responsibility, it's harder yeah. to do this work and and to go into the world and be like this. Hundred percent of my life yeah. is my responsibility. And yeah. yes, there are things that our parents did and our partners do and all these things that are potentially in our kids. We have to say, what is this lesson for us and how do we want to approach it? And if you go into anything as a victim, it's very hard to get out of that energy. 
you know? And it's so easy to find a perpetrator. Absolutely. Like, you can find a perpetrator in anything. Yeah. And even the perpetrators probably think they're victims from their oh, own, of course. right? Like, their own abuse, their yeah. own uh, parental issues yeah. and all of this. And they, I don't, honestly, most of the time, they don't know they're being the perpetrator. They're yeah. in the victim. So it's yeah. like almost everybody's playing, I'm in the victim. And no one's like, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. They're like, I'm doing this because you did this to me. Yeah, and, and that, that kind of idea, that victim energy creates perpetrator energy, and perpetrator energy creates victim energy, and then a victim energy creates perpetrator It's just like this cycle. cycle. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, and that's like, let's identify the cycle. Let's stop the, let's stop the, the cycle and heal the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and that's kind of what I've, I've been, I don't know, this is part of this podcast is like having that conversation yeah. is to say, how do we address the pattern? Like, let's look at this from people that have gone through, because I've been through a lot of trauma, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I grew up in Latin America, but like crazy life, and I went through a lot of shit, and you've probably yeah. gone through a lot of shit, and it's like, there's another, there's a place on the other side of that, that I'm a, you know, relatively stable, <laughs> married, you know, like, in my life, and yeah. I've gone, and I'm, on, like, on the other side of this, and as men, showing that other side of this thing is really powerful, man. Yeah, so you say something interesting on what is trauma? Like we've all experienced trauma and a big realization I came to doing a lot of constellation work. I used to judge the experience. And when I say judge, like whatever the person, if it was suicide or if it was incest or I was like, wow, that's heavy or that was a lot or that's more than what I went through. And sometimes I would kind of feel out of place because I would be like, okay, well, you know, I can't relate. And then something like just dawned on me when it really showed up, it's, when you're a kid, when you're little, you don't know the difference of not getting a lollipop as being traumatic as to getting hit, you know, with a hanger. Yeah. And that the same experience of what we lacked or how we were treated or how we were held or how we were loved or abandonment of our parents, that trauma that you don't, oh, well, I had this great life, you know, it, it's not what it all cracked yeah. up to be like you not getting a certain birthday gift could be forever traumatic on how you get gifts from your partner. And you don't realize yeah. like you get triggered by that. And it could be very, something very like trivial, but it can also be something like you can't, you know, cuddle with your partner because yeah. of the way you were held when you were younger. Yeah. And so all of these things shape who we are. And, you know, I was talking yeah. to a few people and they're like, well, I didn't really have anything, you know, traumatic happen to me. And, and I wasn't trying to like, bring up anything that did, but I was just like, well, you know, all these things can in essence be traumatic. So it's just, again, to this point of being aware and being mindful of what are the things that, how you receive love, how you give love, how you approach communication. Right. And, uh, yeah. Like, you know, even if it's maybe in your family, in immediate family system, something didn't happen, but your grandparents survived, you know, a famine. Or they oh, survived yeah. the Holocaust. And, you know, they, that all that generational trickles trauma down. trickles down to you, and suddenly you're in a oh, relationship that yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, we know this from consolation. If there was abortion, yeah. if there was a miscarriage, exactly. if there was, uh, you know, abuse, a suicide. That a parent wasn't emotionally available. Like, something all as simple as, like, drink, you know, anything. A, a parent couldn't connect with their emotions because of something happened, and yeah. their parents couldn't connect with their emotions can be a traumatic experience. Or, like, they call it small, like, lowercase t or small t trauma. Yeah. Rather than, you know, like getting in a car accident exactly, on 95 like a big, or whatever, yeah, whatever we're yeah. Con- And again, we're comparing it, but just because it's relative. we have to. But it's relative it, to each It really person. can be yeah. that car accident and that small t trauma can yeah. have everlasting effects. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, it at least gives me 
and this sounds interesting and like I'm saying hope, but in the sense of like everyone realizing that all of these things, you know, I, little things, we, I'm 37 now, I'm like, when I used to go to the supermarket, you know, with my mom and we couldn't get something or we had to have coupons and realizing that it showed up with the next partner of mine when we went to like Costco and I was like, what's going on? And mm. how like that connection really healed my awareness of it and mm. maybe it's still in there yeah. but now i can like be aware and and kind of shift it yeah. and that you know if it came from plant medicine or if it came from whatever this constellation work yeah. you, you can't just say one thing yeah. but now being okay I'm, I'm i i can communicate that now yeah you know and, and when yeah that's huge yeah yeah that's um one of the things is that i that i really like to do is like option d can be all the above right mm -hmm. like you know, um, and I use this example a lot, is like Hitler could have, you know, yes, is the, you know, um, the leader of one of the largest perpetratorship in, in the world, but also probably told a joke or two, you know, and probably somebody loved him. His mom probably loved him. You know what I mean? And all those things can be true. It's like mm -hmm. D, all the above. And, um, you know, be careful about the cycle and how it Harsh, harsh you judge somebody because you can turn into that as well absolutely and and you hear have you heard of uh, Bert Hellinger's like poem to Hitler yeah that's uh, yeah. like your mom was uh -huh. the one that, yeah, that yeah, gave yeah. Uh, gave it to me I was like holy smokes like how you know and, and the, the gist of the poem is like if I judge the humanity in you then I'm bound to you you mm -hmm. know it's like if I judge you harshly I, I judge myself like the same creator that created you created me and so, like, looking at it from, from that perspective, and it's like, man, I can't imagine, you know, how powerful that is. Especially, you know, people that are, that are from the Jewish community is like having that dynamic is like looking at it softly. You yeah. Know, starting to look at it a little, a lot of, yeah. A little and it's softer. so, I, I don't, funny, I'm trying to think of a better word, but it's yeah. like all of these things that have had to show up in my own vortex in my own energy field to like get me to that point where I could say, yeah, anytime from someone like Hitler to, you know, your own parents to your own partner or ex-partner of coming with that place of compassion and love. And even when you feel like, do we think it's quote unquote right? And this is the way we were to use their power. Yeah. Absolutely not. And I'm not condoning any of that, but understanding that anybody in any space to your point, has those same fundamental human needs yeah. of being loved, of being seen, and to the other side of maybe he wasn't loved in the way that he thought, exactly. or he would have never committed, you know, those yeah, exactly, things, and exactly. and just being aware of that and understanding the way we interact with our our young ones, or yeah. you know, the future generations, or our partners in front of them, and realizing how much if we show up from a place of love and a heart centered place, and we're operating from that container, you know, the, the whole world changes. Yeah. Man, it's and it's and it's crazy how you start looking at things through that lens. You know, it's like if you're operating from a place of wholeness, of understanding your 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 full capacity to be a victim and your whole capacity to be a, a perpetrator, perpetrator, and like you're okay being like it, it balanced with those things and like what you're saying, yeah. like balance that justice. You know, like having the balance of those two things is like things soften up soften up like that egg, really yeah. just like we're, we're all like, of it we're, we're really are as humans all of it and and to to oh, put so man. much 
weight on either one of saying that is wrong or that is right or that is right yeah. or you know that's I'm, I'm on my high horse or I'm not right and and being on that spectrum to your point and yeah. letting go of that and and not seeing it so radical or we have to put this kind of spotlight on something and say this is wrong or this is right and that's what's going on in our country unfortunately it's like yeah. no one can say one thing without being classified as this you don't like this you're considered this you don't do this you want guns you're this yeah. you don't want yeah. you're this and like we're we put so much weight on just one idea or one agreement and then we just want to fight over it. and we want to say you're this you're a vegan so you have to be this or you don't pro-life yeah. and it's just like we're yeah. all of it you know yeah we're and, all of it and, exactly and of course you know there's more at play there and whatever side you're on but in in yeah. politics of even choosing a side and that's part of the problem is like the minute you choose a side because of this and we're giving all this power to that side yeah right and yeah. that's the same thing victim or, or perpetrator or right or left and and yeah. you're just like well this has to be the way and then you're never going to understand the other ways just as grand and just as beautiful but there's no middle because we're so busy choosing i'm a victim i'm a perpetrator i'm right i'm left <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah you know pro vaccine against vaccine i'm that and it's just like the more we create this energy if we have to choose one thing mm. over another the less we can be balanced yeah in everything we do the harder you exclude like the harder you're entangled with it 100 you know yeah and, and like that's that that's why i'm like dude this this there there's a there's a way forward here you know there is a um you know like i, I was talking about russia with somebody that is in the constellation world it's like this seems like abandonment he's like 100 percent. you know so he was doing the constellations in russia yeah. you know it's like, this seems like abandonment, like a, a, an abandonment issue. And it's like all this, this stuff like tearing up from, from, from where it was before is like, we have this systemic momentum that we're in the stream for taking us to these natural kind of occurrences. But I, I think the more people are doing constellations, the more people are doing healing work. I think the more people that are doing ayahuasca and get, getting, doing psychedelics, the, the, the collective subconscious that we have starts healing, right? Yeah. It's like the, all our... Things our our life experiences are taking us to this one place. Yeah, and know? look what happened, and and it's just coming to light now more than ever. The, see what Richard Nixon said: the greatest threat to humanity was psychedelics, and stopped all psychedelic wow. research. And that was when everyone was like, kind of like work and factories, and like, no, this isn't yeah. the right way, and you know, this isn't this doesn't seem healthy, and this isn't something we should do, and banned all research. And now, you know, everywhere you look, at least it's becoming more. Uh, yeah. prevalent of like these documentaries on just the opportunity. And again, I'm not mm. saying it's the only way I think it is a, a quicker way in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they say like 15 minute or one ayahuasca is like 15 years of therapy or, you know, any of these <laughs> yeah, things, yeah. but at the same time, it, it's, it's not the only way. And yeah. any of these, we, we say gateways as like, it's a bad thing, but it's not, it's this like opportunity to explore and dive in and yeah. if it's a podcast like this it, whatever it is that's gonna like just hit you and be like look there's something else there's something mm. more i get to question i get to choose i have yeah. sovereignty i'm not just a mindless oh they tell me to do this i'm gonna do it and i don't know why i'm doing it and so, yeah so you know who uh Yeonmi park is mm -mm. she's um a defector from north korea it sounds familiar, but yeah. So she she uh, defected North Korea, was able to escape through China. It was like this harrowing story. It's like this incredible story of you know heroism and surviving. And, you know, it's like crazy. 
but you know, she was saying that in in South in North Korea, how difficult it was to like how easy it was almost to like not have to make choices, you know, because the you know the government or whatever would tell you, this is when you wake up, this is when you're gonna eat, this is when you're gonna do. Everything was controlled, controlled to the max, you know. And so now that she's living in the U.S., she's like, freedom is such a responsibility mm. because it's your life to fuck up. Yeah, you know, it's like you have. You can do whatever you want. And, the, you know, she, like it's really interesting to see her perspective because she didn't have, for many years of her life, the, the bearing weight of that responsibility. Now I'm, we do. I'm tingling. Yeah. And, and, and no. because I, I forget, I'm horrible with re- remembering where I read something. Not always good for a podcast or like what, because I know people <laughs> yeah. want to search for it. But it, it was something that that choice to... Mm. Be able to choose, and you know, this is big. It came to me in my when I was doing my training in the jungle of like sovereignty and what sovereignty, that means. Yeah. But once you have it, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it doesn't become like life is roses and money, you know, like all these things. It's like now you're you take responsibility for these choices, your feelings. Yeah. If it's you're feeling happy, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling bliss, like all of these emotions, you're now feeling it and and what is life if we don't feel right what is Mm. life if we don't get to choose and many people don't know that yet until they taste that and i'm not saying this side is any easier i'm not (laughs) like i'm i'm in a place where i have no clue you know what i'm doing right now it's a beautiful thing and it's also the scariest thing i've ever done um you know so Mm. it's and to your point too where you were saying um you know victim and perpetrator also like being, I'm a survivor or living in that energy yeah. or mm-hmm. like I got through this. Like when you kind of bring on any archetype and say, I'm just yeah. that archetype or I'm just that, that's how I define myself. Then you lose sight of all the other things you get to experience and get yeah. to be. Yeah. You yeah. Lo- pre- preload the operating system with all yep. these things. Here, here's the upload drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what a survivor is supposed to yeah, act like. Exactly. This is what I'm supposed to be like. Exactly. This is how a victim's supposed to live. Yep. Yeah. And that's why identitarianism is so so like difficult for me to 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 kind of make peace with. Uh-huh. It's like once you put on that that identity, it's like you're you're absolving your responsibility to col- to, to the collective, right? And it's like what what, you, what word? Like you're absolving your responsibility. No, no. What would you say the the word that the you, identitarianism? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, I, 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 I didn't hear it that like way. Identitarianism. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like when you do that, you're like I'm gonna absolve my responsibility to the collective, mm-hmm. and the collective doesn't have you know, um, the the collective doesn't have accountability. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It's like if everybody jumps somebody and then everybody kicks them one, one time in the head, who killed them? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that whole thing. And so you can justify these things through it. And it, it's just like how easily we give away our power oh, man. to like this <laughs> other thing. It's like it's wild. And you even, uh, you just, uh, that came up to me in my ceremonies. We give our power away almost to anything that allows it. And that could be a guru, that could be a shaman, that could be, uh, you know, our our instructor, whatever it is. And the minute you do that, you you no longer feel that same power of choice. And giving your power away, ultimately, you're losing sight of what you were doing for the healing in the first place, Mm. you know, because you're, you're, it's all about remembering who we are as individuals and coming back to center of, of what we want to be here to do. And not what other people are telling us we need to do or need to be. 
um, from it. And so, yes, it's great to have mentors and it's great to have teachers yeah. and all of these things. Uh, and I struggle with that as a, you know, just my personality type. I'm sitting in the jungle and like the, the, you know, main maestro and I respected him of course dearly. And he's like, well, you're not going to be here long enough to get the full experience. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, everybody else, I'm, I'm going to get the experience I need to get. And that triggered something in a sense of like, that whole whole what you're saying of like the minute we give our power to anything and politics and to our family patterns, even like I mentioned the human design and not just saying, oh, I'm this or I'm a Scorpio yeah. and I get to be like this or I'm a Leo and it's <laughs> yeah. okay that I have mood swings and like, great, use it, you know, for whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. But yeah. just ultimately, is that something you really like want to be, right? Yeah. And do you want to be all of it? I want to be all the signs. I want to be all the human designs. I want to play all the, put all the masks on. Uh, play all yeah. the characters. Play all the know? characters. Yeah. That that's the um, you know one of the things that I that I've been doing a lot of work with is like connecting to my ancestors and then like connecting to the original ancestor, which is the original ancestor of all of us. Mm-hmm. The OG. The OG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like taking all the experience that creates me, you know, like who I am today. And you know, with your mom, we did a really cool exercise. Um, we we did a, a constellation with a circle of brotherhood, which is this. African American community in, in Liberty oh, City. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. And it was like they 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 put the burden, they gave the burden back to the original ancestor, and then brought light to the to kind of the the present, you know, um, descendant. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a beautiful movement, man, to like give the burden back and then get life forward. And it was just like you could feel the room vibrating as like connecting to your ancestry. And that's, I do this thing kind of almost every day that I just like, I, I thank my ancestors for giving me life and in their honor, I'm going to, I'm going to be become the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And man, like being in your place and not entangled with anything else, the world's your oyster. They're mm-hmm. the world's a poss- full of possibilities. <sighs> yeah. And then, yeah. you know, like I, I guess Anyone that, you know, when you listen to this is like, I think there is, we're putting a lot of pressure maybe on the word responsibility, Mm. but it's like once you taste that, once you feel that, once you experience that, going back to not, it's it's almost impossible. You can try as much as you want to, to like, you know, I use asleep and awake, but it's like Mm. operating from a place where you aren't smelling and tasting your foods and you aren't you know out there grounding to the grass and and nature and and whatever it is that you feel connected to it's a responsibility to the collective it's It's a responsibility man yeah that is because the more we share it the more we vibrate at that frequency the more we connect and and i think that's important too is what what i realize it it doesn't have to be on this big stage all the time and it doesn't have to be in front of millions of people if it's just this one person, if this, you know, the person you sit at the grocery store and your Uber ride and you're able to connect and share that vibration that trickles to many, many yeah. people moving forward. There's, um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, <laughs> but there's, <I> know. <laughs> there but there's, there, isn't there a concept in Judaism about like, there's a balance between good and evil and you might be the one person, like the one, like it's like 50, 50, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, 51% and 49 and you every day might be like every action that you have may tilt, tilt the, the balance. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if it's in Kabbalah uh, or yeah, in Judaism, yeah, I, but I think I thought I was, there was 
and that and that's always really interesting to me is like like every action you make every, every choice action, you're making could tilt could tilt it light to or dark light, yeah. to light or dark uh-huh. and like for the whole world yeah. and so it's like this huge responsibility of doing it and it's like really interesting that there's this ancestral knowledge in this thing that that keeps repeating itself and oh, and the the, yeah. the major religions <laughs> of the world which is really really cool it you know i i, I had this conversation just about religion and everything it's like we get what it's told is the truth you know and uh don't want to go down like too many rabbit holes but like ultimately where we the source of the information Mm -hmm. and like the purity and the innocence of all of it i'm a pretty big believer it wasn't necessarily meant to be this way right now right of like the corruption and the greed and like just take 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 and you know not seeing everybody for us all being one and human race and we're all here doing this human experience together and i think that has definitely made it more challenging to see that you get to make that choice uh you know every day because we're just shown like one side of it from religion or from whatever it is. And we got to go like so extreme in everything. Yeah. And you have to make this kind of commitment and you're, you know, you sinned if you did this or you're evil if you did this. And you're like, they all did it too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like <laughs> there, there's, um, so the first, the, the first gentleman that we did constellations with is, his name is Alberto Iturbe, the Spanish guy from Northern Spain. Mm-hmm. And we were in Romania and the this man this this concept blew my mind he said you know it, it, he was very of the first wave of hellinger's kind of work very psychological he was a doctor so very psychological very rigid more like less shamanic and more yeah. psychological and you know he would say this was really interesting he's like um he's like you know you know sometimes in constellation people are like i forgive you mm-hmm. and he'd be like no there's no forgiveness there's only understanding because first, to be able to forgive, you have to judge and then absolve. Mm. And he said, forgiveness is between that person and their creator. That's not for you to determine. So it's like, that's really interesting because if you create, like if you castigate in some place or like you, 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 you like, you know, use your specter of judgment yeah. towards something, yeah, it entangles you, you into, into mm-hmm. it, right? Into that system. It's like, man, that like really, and so when, what I, what I, what I ca- catch myself doing all the time is like, I'm like, oh, I did this in politics, like, ah, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 like, what in me am I, am I resonating with as either the victim or the perpetrator? That's, this is, this is creating this reaction in me. Yeah. And Buddhism has this thing about like right-sizing things. It's like, you know, if, if, you know, there was a spaceship that landed here, we would both be like, holy shit. But if the door opened and the dog ran out, we'd be like, hey, okay, let's grab the dog. You know what I mean? We, but if you're like, the dog walks out and you're like, holy shit. You know, like you have these reactions that are not necessarily right size is where conflict is created. And I think a lot of our system right now that we're going through is like, we're not right sizing things. Everything is atrocious. It's one or this. Everything or this. is. It's immediately extreme. It's extreme, immediately labeled, exactly. like excluded. This can't. And, and yeah. absolutely. It's just this balance the spectrum this understanding this compassion yeah. and uh, honestly it's it's been something i've i'm struggling in the sense of like how to impact it how to you know do something positive with it and and like really share that with others because even though you know i caught myself 
with you know what's going on politically and the vaccines and all this stuff and Matt, like and then these things of like where I was on one side more than the other of saying yeah. okay like this is a problem and then like just realizing everyone has their reasons of why yeah. they're doing something and even if I don't agree with it I still need to accept it and yeah. love it and just be like okay but then I'm like struggling of like at what point if that's happening too much does the scale tilt where you know I'm living in a world where everyone is kind of on that side and mm. I think that's been a challenge for me as I'm doing this work, as I'm stepping in and trying to share what I'm learning and going through and not being so attached to the outcome of what that looks like. And that's Buddhism at its finest, you know, (laughs) release all attachment. Yeah. And that's been challenging because I think when you operate from a place where you, if you ask my family, I could never be wrong, you know, growing up and now like just realizing that was never my intention of like needing to be right. It was just oh, so man. much yeah. more of like just this feeling of like, I know this to be true for me and now mm. sharing that with others and realizing that it's not true for everyone. Cause we all live in our own little world, you know, where we yeah. could see the same thing, 20 different people and all explain it differently. And I experienced that in so many yeah. weird settings and just kind of also being in this space where I do want people to make, be able to at least know they're making that choice mm. more than anything, you know, know why they are. And so like asking the question, instead of saying you're wrong or right, hey, why do you feel so strongly about you need guns or you don't need guns yeah. or pro-life or not pro-life or all of these quote unquote yeah, big the, headlines, the big, right, yeah, of topics, what the, yeah. all the things we hear about and not like being so like polarized in a sense where we're all just hating each other because of one thing you don't agree on yeah. and it, it's been yeah it's the the needing to be right had a, struck a chord with me i'm i i you know in in my past and i something i struggle with is the need to be right and and i and i keep telling myself i tell myself all this all the time is like be careful what you want to be right about because you might just co-create it mm. you know what i mean and I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, responsibility, yeah, right? man. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything in the, in the exactly. power of that. Yeah. It, like, you're like, you just might be right, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be, okay, be right. Yeah. And, and, and I find myself not being present to be able to steer the dynamic a different way because of my ability to be, because of my, my, my need to be right. You're going to be like, okay, you're going to yeah. drown. I think Elon, then, Elon Musk said it, I'd rather be pessimistic and wrong or i'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right uh that's you know that's powerful and and just kind of like stepping into that energy that even in that like why be so negative right Mm. why be so glass half full and would you rather be right and even when things all seem right now the economy and my like it, we're not going to recover. It's never going to change. And like, do we want to be right about that? Yeah. Or do we just want to be like, Hey, you know, it's going to get better and be wrong about it and live in that energy um, from yeah. it. And uh, it's tough when everything seems like it's falling down and, you know, everyone around you is experiencing that same thing to yeah. live in that hope um, as opposed to the fear. And, you know, if it's death coming our way, if it's whatever, and like not letting those things just rule your world yeah. and, and hold you back from living and, and breathing and choosing and yeah. you know, all those beautiful things that we get to experience. So you said something about doing shadow work. What was that yeah. like? So I think 
everything we've talked about ultimately is shadow work. work. And I know, you know, when we, we talked about like what, what is shadow work, um, I had this crazy mystical, mystical experience and I'll have to show you the, the actual recording, um, after, but I had an Uber driver about two weeks ago and basically realizing how thin that light, that spectrum is, right? The, the amount of light that it takes to light up a dark room. Think about oh, it, right? Yeah. Like a little candle mm-hmm. can make pure darkness and now we can see. And so That's the awareness of what your shadow is, again, we judge our shadow as wrong. We judge wearing black in a ceremony as wrong instead of white or right, right? Like we're wearing white, so we're enlightened as opposed to black, even like being in that energy, but we exclude our shadow. We exclude what we quantify as bad or like we don't like those parts of ourselves if it's addictions or whatever it is and we immediately say we don't want to talk to that we don't want to know who that is Mm. and a lot of the work that I've been able to do in that area is okay this is my quote-unquote shadow these are parts that I don't I like to identify with I see that bring me down and my frequency these are the shadows we talked about of the gene keys of what frequency do I want to operate at? And just like that spectrum, there's a lower frequency you can operate as within your shadow and there's a higher frequency within your shadow that you can operate. If your like, frustration is considered a shadow, if you're operating at your low frequency all the time of your shadow, then everything else is going to feel at a low vibration. And that's just you know kind of part of it. But if you take frustration and you talk to it and you understand it and you're like, okay, this is how I react, when I get frustrated, I might find myself yelling. I might find myself saying mean things to people. I might find myself uh, be depressed after and then understand that and talk to it, come to terms with it and saying, you know what? I'm going to get frustrated. There's nothing bad about that where something's going to frustrate me. But now how, what, what level do I want to operate from on my shadow of that frustration? And that could be anger, fear, you know, those kind of things. Are you like integrating your shadow into, into who you are? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're rather one. than excluding yeah, yeah, exactly. it, like, yeah, like you're like all integrating all of these it. things. Like we reject so much about ourselves, you know, oh, things yeah. that we uh, have, you know, if it's if it's mental, if it's sexual, if it's all of these things, where like we're told you can't have this, you can't do this, and the minute we start to like, right, it's you're on a diet and you're like, I can't eat a cookie, and yeah. the number one thing you want to do is eat a cookie, <laughs> and the minute you put power on, like. I can't eat that. That's bad for me. I'm going to, you know, be this because I eat it. You're giving all this power away to this cookie, yeah. which is your shadow in a sense yeah. of saying, if I have that feeling or if I experience that emotion or if I ever yell or if I ever do this or curse, that's it. And all of that pressure you're putting on that doesn't allow you in that flow we talked about, holding mm. that ache and the more tension. And so that's that's your shadow. It's like yeah, that's powerful. really knowing that these aren't good or bad. It's just a part of the human experience. These emotions are all meant to be felt. Um, You know, we use the word depression and like, don't ever use it. Like we all are going to, and that's why there's so many mental issues right now. And, you know, and so many like kids struggling and all these atmospheres because they're just like immediately labeled as you're this. And so if you're quantified as this, that's what you become and you have, you know, you're on the spectrum and you're autistic and you have bipolar and you have ADHD we all have, you know, these yeah, things. Yeah, we yeah. all, are, all get anxious. Course, we yeah. all are human. Uh, yeah. and, and the more we try and box it and the more we try and 
look, there's definitely levels to this. And, I, you know, there's, there's psychology and medicine and all these things. But it's also like being one. And, and at, from a very early age, we we're talking to, I was talking to my mom, you know, of like those tools for kids of how to deal with emotions. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't know how to deal with their emotions and yeah. parents and the way they're kids and the first thing they do and they're giving them, you know, some electronics or they're numbing them and, and, and medicine or whatever it is. And they're not able to feel those things. They're told they're wrong. And that's the shadow side of someone. And then you're telling them, no, you feel that that's wrong. And so anytime they feel that they're judging themselves, they're being hard on themselves. And mm. then they try and like eliminate this emotion. And as soon as it comes up, it's going to trigger all of this trauma yeah. because they've been told for so long, don't say this, don't feel this, don't experience this. And, you know, that, that shadow work in a sense is like knowing all of you is beautiful. All of you mm. is welcome. All of you is one with you. And a very powerful thing for me was I am not my thoughts. You are not your thoughts. So even if you might have dark thoughts or thoughts that are considered, you know, by the masses as not great, you need to understand that just you, the action is more important than the thought, right? Yeah. And so like, maybe you had the urge, you know, in video games where shoot someone, you're like, oh, whatever, you know, I mean, just an example. But that fact that you would never take the action because you realize how important someone else's life is, right? And your life mm. is just as valuable. And you might want to punch someone in the face, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. But knowing that the action isn't that and the thought it's okay to have that thought what do you do with it how do you react to it you know how do you balance it i mean i'm gonna open this door but uh (laughs) (laughs) you know where i'm going down but like i I, i've you know we on a regular basis and uh, you know i'm I'm talking about this from the comfort of my home my children are safe you know etc yeah but you know the the school shooter situations you know it's i just think that we should run towards those kids mm-hmm. like not the kids that were you know obviously like running towards is maybe not the best choice of words but running towards the kids that that perpetrated this you know in some capacity and figure out why this is happening yeah and and i think that in some capacity were the the exclusion that happens of some of these young men or these young kids is is so catastrophic that they're willing to create this perpetratorship you know and and it's like the the worst thing that they could think of, you know, and they're given their scenarios. Like I'm going to do the worst thing. That's like, in in the, in the I was talking talking to um, I was talking to somebody the, the other day about this. Is like when you were when I was in the military, if you went in to to sit call for a, the sniffles, right? If you had a cough or if you had you know a fever or whatever, they would ask you two things. The first thing would be, are you going to hurt yourself? Or are you going to hurt somebody else? And no matter what you were in, like you twisted your ankle, you, you jammed your thumb, whatever, they would always ask you the same thing. And, and what, it, what it creates is like it's, it's almost a mental health check, you know, that, that happens. And if you're like, oh, yeah, you know, if you knew somebody that was like, oh, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I feel down or whatever. And I had, uh, you know, a, a supervisor that I really cared about was like a mentor to me, take his, take his life. Um, he was dealing with some depression, and then he had a pain issue, and then he, you know, he took a nine millimeter and blew his brains out. And it's like, if you could, you know, what is suicide? What is this mass shooting? What is this thing? It's the ultimate, like, perpetratorship against yourself in some capacity, because you know, in most cases they don't survive, or they just throw the whole table out. 
And I'm like, how do we, in some capacity, create, you know, the, this this trauma here? And I keep keep going back to this this question: is like, how do we address unresolved trauma at scale? Yeah. And like, how do we give the tools to these kids? And you know, we've had national campaigns against a lot of stuff, right? It's like smoking, you know, wearing your seatbelt, not you know, asbestos. You know, it's like if we had mesothelioma, you know, <laughs> commercials all the yeah. time about unresolved <laughs> trauma. I think we would be able to make some you know, make some progress on this. That's, I, I'm, I'm just keep going back to this thought of like running towards those kids rather than running, like excluding them from the, that's a from the game. Beautiful way to approach it. And I know that's not an easy thing for people to hear, yeah. but as we've been talking, like being on both of these sides of understanding that that perpetrator is just as much as a, a victim of yeah. the parents of society of all of these things. And it, it Back to responsibility, I think it's the collective's responsibility. Uh, it's not about guns. It's not about, you know, all these politics stuff yeah. that we make it. It's about mental illness. I mean, to yeah. get to that level, to be able to commit something like that from that kind of age, there's not one story where you're like, yeah, you know, that kid was getting the love and the help that they needed, yeah, right? Exactly, I mean, exactly. it, it just, yeah. there, there's no, and, and and was it a gun's fault, blah, 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 like, you know, yeah. whatever. But like, ultimately, we understand that it's a human act that's being yeah. committed in a very abrasive, aggressive way. And it keeps happening in a way that we see it. And we're like, oh, well, you know, this is going to be any different. And honestly, I'm not the best person to talk to from a, a, a positive place from like politics and government. And, you know, everyone is being reactive. No one yeah. is being proactive. No one is trying to go to the root. Everyone is using it as a political agenda, one side or the other, to step on. And, yeah. and that's unfortunate because they're not making it about solving the problem or the issue. They're making it about how does this serve me politically. And that's, um, like, I, that's a great point that you just brought up. It's like the people, it's like, you know, I like to think the people that want to keep the system there. It's like, thank you for showing me how strong the system is. Mm. It's like that, that there's people that want the system to stay in its place because the change will be disloyal to their family system, yeah. you know? And it's then like, that's at even from that level. And then mm. that's like, I think, uh, a blessing and a curse from us from uh, doing all this family. Con- it's like even looking at the politicians or whoever as this like yeah. entity that they have their own issues and their own love and their own trauma to, to yeah. resolve. To They are not even aware how much of a problem this really is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 we, we jokingly say that to get into office, everyone should have to do ayahuasca or, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. once you taste that, like yeah. constellations. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. honestly, like, it, again, it, it doesn't have to just be ayahuasca, but anything to, they also have these huge responsibilities and these yeah. huge pressures. And we can go into, you know, other rabbit holes of who's really at control and who's making these decisions yeah, yeah, and how much pressure they have, you know, all that fun stuff. But ultimately, like, there's a root and we understand the root, but no one wants to address mm. the root because once you uncover that, you know, it's scary for a lot of people. And do they really want to look at themselves? Do they want to take responsibility? Uh, you know, and, and I love the idea of making it more mainstream yeah. and, you know, we, we have like mental awareness, but what's happening, unfortunately, it's being diagnosed and it's being medicated and it's yeah. not being addressed. It's not, it's like, oh, t- here's a medicine for this. This is going to fix it, but it doesn't fix it. It just puts a Band-Aid on it. And that person has to ultimately rely on that for the rest of their lives instead of 
human, you know, trauma and, mm. and uh, coping mechanisms yeah. and all of these things that we need to be human. When you don't get what you want, when you get a bad grade on a test, when, you know, all of these life things happen, you lose yeah. a job and like, yeah, it's traumatizing. Yes, it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, when you can't afford to buy your family groceries, yeah. like these are traumatic experiences. Well, one of the cool things that's, that I think is happening a lot is like, Constellation work is starting to happen in the mainstream. Like Disney, you know, you see yeah, yeah, that, Coco that yeah, yeah. and Kanto. You see all these movies that like Moana, like all these movies are starting to get into, you know, generational trauma that's getting healed. You know, like Encanto is straight up a fucking Constellation. Yeah, no, it is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that yeah. is straight it up is a 100%. Constellation. It's Family like, breaking, I didn't have the gift. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the song is like a perfect Constellation. I'm like, dude, yeah. this is... This is constellation work. There's yeah. no way that you're, you know, my sister and I did a podcast on it. It's like, this is a constellation. This is, if you want to know what a family constellation, anybody wants to know what a family constellation, <laughs> like go see Encanto. Yeah. You see that movie, the trauma, the thing, the, the you know, spoiler alert, the, yeah. the grandma and the kid reconciling at the bat, yeah. judgment, the whole thing. It's a constellation. Like the fields, the water, like yeah. everything. So much, like so much of it. And I think we're getting to the place now that, like I said, like we're, we're in the, that 20 years. Where like, are you on... And maybe it's not something we unlock right now, but no, like but... from the responsibility of media and like what you see from like a conspiracy standpoint. And I don't like using conspiracy because I generally think of it as truth, but like the control of media, the release of media. Um, and I'm asking that because I have a point, but I don't know if. <laughs> no, make it, yeah, make yeah. it. I mean, I'm, I, I, my stance is this, is that, um, my stance is this, is that the system is a, is a symptom of us in general, right? It's like whatever's happening out there is a reflection of what's happening in our collective subconscious mm-hmm. and capacity. So the more I work on my shit, the more I'm going to put my drop of water in the bucket to do that. And the more the people around me are going to be doing the same thing. So yeah. I think it's just a reflection of us. Got it. Yeah, you know, I, and the reason I ask is because I, I won't go... S- 100% in super woo of what I'm going to say, but in what I've been seeing, at least from a release of media standpoint, and, and I don't know, if, did you see the show Manifest? No. Okay. Oh, well, like, uh, the, is it the, the plane? plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I haven't seen it, but I... It, it's all about manifesting, and it's, it's a lot more than that okay. and like how it's portrayed, but like the essence of the message is about man, like following your calling, following your purpose. Like if you don't do these uh, okay. things, like other things will happen. And then it was canceled by the, and it had great ratings and it was pulled from NBC. And then the people brought it back on Netflix and there was like okay. this whole like outcry and it, it's coming back for its final season. Um, but the reason I bring that up is squid games, for instance, I actually funny story. I, 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 I don't watch a lot of content these days, but I got this calling before I went to the jungle and to do ayahuasca. And they say, first thing to do, don't watch content. (laughs) And I was like, just fascinated with why is this the number one show? It's Korean. It's, you know, duh. Like it's not and like breaking all the Netflix records. And did you watch it? No. Okay. I mean, I, I I understand the concept. Very dark, but there was this spiritual underlying element of what, you know, debt, and greed and what we're willing to do and how much of a trap it has. And so the reason I bring that all up from like a media perspective, there's a lot of positive messages being released and it's from like the light spiritual side, but it's being 
overwhelmed with just this like because now there's so much content, it's hard for people to differentiate the messages. Like mm. it's it's not easy for like we understand that Encanto was a family constellation, but I actually talk funny enough, bring that up, it's come to mind now, two one was seven, one was six, all they could say is no one wants to talk to Bruno. And that was yeah. like their message of like their message was like exclude yeah. that person. And so it's just this so like, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it was this like light of that was what they took away from, you know, the movie. And so number one song. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> number one song. We don't talk about Bruno. You know? We don't like. Yeah. But but the reason Man. is, is because kids unfor- and, and this is what I, I, I it's happening in Disney and different things is. And I, I forgot where this came up. We can get kids to believe that Santa is real. Sorry if anyone doesn't know that. That's listening. <laughs> um, yeah. If we can get them to believe, you know, someone can fly. And, and maybe it is belie- and it is true. Anything that they're consuming, they're so fragile mm. to it. And there's a lot of underlying beautiful messages, but they don't make that front and center. And that is kind of the issue is because it's like, it seems like the darkness of whatever the message is becomes more captivating mm. than what some of these light messages are. And I, I, it's a very like passionate thing of mine. I, I want to get into potentially like putting out, you know, some content and, and a script and different things, Okay. but to do it in a very like intentional way, because I am seeing a lot of these, a lot of the content like in content and realizing how beautiful a message yeah. it is. But like all the kids were singing was like, exclude yeah and abu- you yeah. know and, and bully and like even though it turned out like good they i don't think they interpreted it that way so um that, that's a very good point and i have a counterpoint so your your mom did so your mom is a just for people that are listening mm-hmm. right like not obviously you know what your mom is but um Maybe so people <laughs> <laughs> so your 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 you know your your mother sophie is um a family constellation facilitator more in the shamanic world but does also this for organizations right mm-hmm. does systemic organizational constellations has done it for both of my companies and in this in this case do you know about the u.s department of commerce yes so I, I equate that to the U.S. Department of Commerce, right? So the United States government paid – look how monumental this is. The United States p- government officially paid a vendor to do a family constellation on trauma. Wow. So uh, for me, I look at it like these tectonic plates, you know, like um, – like, um, you know when you see a movie that they, like, injected the, you know, like, the spaceship into the thing and it, like, changes the whole system? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like that. It's like there's this ripple of small movement that happened between these tectonic plates that the little, you know, little workshop that happened in the U.S. Department of Commerce started a chain reaction. And I think that, you know, when, when we did the Constellation with the Circle of Brotherhood, it's the same things. Like, in this system that's so you know, tied up in its, in its ways, you put this little thing of, you know, like this it's gonna little... It's going to reach who it's going to reach, and it's out there. And, and yeah, it's going to start yeah. multiplying in whatever way it is and not being tied to the outcome. It's uh-huh. like, it's just going to happen. Yeah. And that's what I think is happening with this, you know, like Bruno or whatever. It looks like it's like the dominoes, the first domino hit. No, no, And it's like, yeah. we don't know what the effects of this is going to be, you know, 20, 30 years down the road mm-hmm. of whatever, whatever this is going to look like. We're going to be like, you know, the OGs of bringing constellations out to yeah. the mainstream, you know? No, no, it's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's just like, I, I try not to, I've been, 
I, I guess, exposed the right way. Like a lot of interesting messages have come through me and, and, and through channelers and different things. And it's very woo, um, you know, for any, like, <laughs> hey, and, we're, we're and, straight up in yeah, woo land. Yeah, so. yeah. And like, it's, it's been uh, a challenge to know how to utilize that and not, um, I don't want to, you know, I'm not here like everything's bad or, you know, don't do this and like really balance that line of, uh, you know, accepting everyone for the way they view it, but also knowing underlying there is something that we need to fix, right? And yeah. which a lot of people are like, oh no, well, there's nothing wrong with it. And and doing that under the radar without trying to be so loud about it, yeah. you know, and, and like just getting, like you said, just getting that out and the letting it out letting them and not being again so attached to the outcome which i'm still doing a lot of work on because yeah. i am finding myself in a place where i still do care about that and and mm. i i want to care and i'm not trying to absolve me caring i care that i'm going to be able to share that in a very positive way um and and i do that with integrity and compassion and love and um yeah it's something i'm working on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, you're well on your way of doing it, man. Like it's, you know, especially having like the background of being an entrepreneur and then being successful and then going into this work. And then, you know, there's a place that you can integrate all those things. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. It's like, I want to systemic organizational constellations is a huge passion of mine. And I, I think you can create wonderful companies that have meaning that have purpose that can be a force for good. Mm. And, you know, like I, I have this and it's probably not the right thing to say, but whatever. It's like, you know, people don't listen. To, so I, one of my goals is to be extraordinarily wealthy doing this. Right. It's like, because people don't listen to people. that don't have money. Yeah. That's the reality. Like you, who do we, who do we look at? Yeah. We look at Elon Musk Platforms, and, yeah. you know, Jeff Bezos and all these guys that have money. It's like, if, if you're, you know, Tony Robbins got a lot of money, but you know, he does like some constellation yeah. stuff. But if you look at somebody that's extremely successful, that's able to turn companies and turn them around, it's got, you know, a billion dollars behind them. Like, man, this is pretty, like, there's something going on here that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's, you know, in some capacity, what I'm trying to do is, like, make something that's really successful. And said, these are the principles that I use to be able to put that. And this is the, where the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, definitely something I'm seeing uh, come more and more into my yeah. into my vortex of, of how to do that. And having, you know, this background of being in startups and understanding that, you know, I mentioned this point. And then it didn't catch on with everyone. And like the way I'm, I, I've explained it, it's right now what's going on in the world. If let's say every Fortune 500 company agreed that knowing the difficulty that we're all dealing with right now and said, you know what, we're not okay with 80% profit margins. We'll, t uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take 75 and, you know, just 5%, 10% and all just agree that in this time right now, it's okay that we don't have to pass it on to all our consumers and, you know, all the people struggling and say, everyone's just going to take a hit together right now. And that idea of like, it now is not the time to capitalize, right? Now yeah. is not the time to price gouge and the rents and, and the gas and just seeing like, if we all just showed compassion and being like, look, I get it. We all struggled. You lost rent for this amount of time. You had prop, but trying to like get it all back at once, right? It's unsustainable. Yeah. And mm -hmm. everyone, it's going to be a domino effect. And, and corporations, yeah, the same thing. They're firing, you know, all these airlines, they fired 80% of their people and now they can't get them back because who they treated them, you know, like they, they're worthless and no yeah, one had wild. value. And I get it from like an operational standpoint. You have to think of your numbers and your shareholders, but at the same time, how long does it last, right? Yeah. Is it a forever thing? And sharing that, I think that comes from deep work of yeah. understanding your people matter, 
your company matters, right? Like it is a family, it is a dynamic, it is an energy. It is a system. And if yeah. you throw it away just for some profits in short term, long term, you know, it's going to be just like anything else. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's come in strong these past like just month or two of just seeing everything going on and, yeah. and trying not to get sucked in and be like, oh, gloom and doom <laughs> yeah. and saying, okay, what is, how can we actually do something about it? That's um, um, Jan Jacob Stam, the, the guy that does the organizational constellations, mm-hmm. talks about this. You know, there's like the individual consciousness, there's the collective, you know, like the, the, cl- the consciousness of the group. And then there's the evolutionary force. And the evolutionary force is like anything else, man, like COVID, like a hurricane, like the global markets crashing, like it just happens. And that it changes, it changes and it shifts everything. So I always try to look at it from that perspective is like, there's an evolutionary force coming and there's always, there's, and they'll, the only thing that I know is that there'll probably be another one. Yeah. You know, it's like, (laughs) there's going to be another one, you know, there's going to be another change. It's like riding the wave and navigating those things from the place that I'm deeply connected to is trying, is, is, you know, what I can. Yeah. From hope and love. Yeah. yeah, Created in my dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a good place to end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Svi, thank you so much, man. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, do you have Instagram like yeah, that? Yeah. Like, how so, do you, how do you, how do people yeah, get Yeah, generally, uh, Instagram will be the best way for now. Uh, Svi Sudai, S-V-I-S-O-U-D as in David, A-I. Uh, you know, I've played around with what I'm calling myself. I'm, I'm a shaman. I'm a guru. Honestly, you know, I, I just want to spread this message of sovereignty and choice, uh, mindset, heart set, soul set really healing the collective in, in the best way possible through a variety of modalities. And I don't think anyone is better or worse than, than any, but ultimately like finding something that makes sense to you. Yeah. Uh, so we can all have that support of remembering who we are and, uh, you know, doing a little bit better than we did yesterday. That's all yeah. we can do. Brother, you got a lot of tools in your toolbox, man. That's <laughs> good. That's you. good. I'm glad people like you are out there in the world, man. Yeah. You too. And, and thanks for sharing this yeah. message and, uh, yeah, just, Keep on fighting on, and uh, we'll we'll all get through this together. Yeah. Thanks, man. Much love. Bye-bye.